0: Hey guys, it's Tyler. Thanks so much for tuning in to the podcast today where we talk faith, family, and focus in your life and your leadership. You know, juggling all of these things, it is so hard to keep track. Sometimes our heart can become so restless under the stress and the responsibility of all these facets of life. And that's why I wrote my book, Restless, Finding Rest in a Restless World. You can go to my website and get a free copy of that book, a free paperback copy of that book at tylerarobertson.com slash restless. So if you haven't done that yet, head on over to my website and do that. Grab a free copy of that book, Restless, Finding Rest in a Restless, world. And with that, let's dive into the episode. Welcome to this episode of the Navigators Podcast, the podcast that equips men and women to steer the course of biblical Christianity in our culture today. Each week we discuss faith, family, and the trends that are sure to impact the local church. Join us as we study God's Word together. There are not many studies that are more foundational than the study of the Holy Spirit. I think so often we read scripture and we we kind of do away with the holy spirit in our minds. We've kind of put him in the background. We kind of think him, think of him as the third person of the trinity. And the holy spirit is no more significant than the holy than the heaven, than our heavenly father. He's no more significant than Jesus Christ. Uh we know we call that the tri, God is triune. He is literally 3 in 1. And sometimes we think of the Holy Spirit, well, yeah, he's the other one over here. Because maybe we don't understand him. Sometimes I think we get sidetracked by this word uh, spirit. And we kind of think of, you know, ghosts and all these different things. These mysterious things that we, in paranormal activity, that we can't understand. And we kind of associate the Holy Spirit with that. And so in our minds, we read scripture and we kind of disconnect that the Holy Spirit is so alive. He is so alive. Very present in our lives. The Bible says "He when we trust Christ as Savior, he literally comes and resides in us. He literally embodies us. We become his temple. And if we're not careful, we can overlook him. We can overlook his work in our lives. We can overlook his work uh, in the world. And he is, like I said, he is alive he is well and i promise you the holy spirit he's working in today and you know we're looking at john chapter 3 which we're talking about jesus the only way and we've been looking at john chapter 3 for the last through a couple weeks and i've thoroughly enjoyed that and if you would like to get the uh to read the articles instead of just listening to the podcast some are readers instead of listeners and uh, you can do that by going to my website tylerarobertson.com and uh, right there on the home page you'll see uh, the the series, and it's actually all right there on the website, uh, organized for you according to series. So you can read the entire series just uh, right there uh, from our collections and category setting. And so do that. If you have not done that already, you can go to tylerarobertson.com and subscribe to that. You'll get the updates each week about the new podcast episodes, but also the new blog articles as well. And I'm in, really enjoying the study in John chapter 3. But here we are, Nicodemus. We know he's not getting it, right? Jesus said in verse 7, you must be born again. And he's scratching his head thinking, okay, how in the world is this going to happen? How in the world is this going to play out? He was thinking in tangible and physical terms. And he was, he was seriously just trying to make sense of it all. And Jesus turns to the second illustration. The wind. What does he say in verse 8? The Bible says, the wind bloweth where it listeth. Thou hearst the sound thereof. But canst not tell whence it cometh and whither it goeth. So is every one that is born of the spirit. What do you think of when you think about the wind? I don't know about you. I think about a palm tree. I think about a palm tree that is right there on the seashore, and maybe a storm is coming. You can see it off in the distance, way on the horizon, but as the storm comes, what's the first thing usually that gets there before the storm is the wind, and the wind begins to blow, and that palm tree bending down, and as the wind increases and the storm gets bigger and bigger. Uh, that palm tree bends down and it almost, the leaves are almost touching the ground, kind of making a crest or a C shape. And that's what I think of. That's the picture I think of when I think of wind. You see the huge effects of wind, uh, but obviously you cannot see it. And that's exactly what Jesus is talking about in verse 8. He's saying, the wind bloweth where it listeth, and now here's the sound thereof, but canst not tell whence it cometh and whither it goeth. He's saying, hey, when it comes to this thing of being born again, Nicodemus, the part of you that must be born again is something. You, is the part of you that you cannot see. It is your spirit. It is the Holy Spirit that bears witness with your spirit and, and literally initiates the new birth. He imparts, as we'll see in a moment, he imparts that spiritual life uh, in that believer. And so when you trust Christ as Savior, you the moment you put your faith and trust, the Holy Spirit is He's the one working and helping you do so. He comes in your life, and therefore that you the regenerate work of the Holy Spirit literally revives the man, it redeems his soul, and it imputes the righteousness of Christ. On us Now, I know this is getting a little bit theological. Sometimes I think that's why we dismiss the work of the Holy Spirit because it is somewhat theological. But I want you to look at it for just a moment. What is What does the Holy Spirit do? What does he do, number one, for the unbeliever? But what does he do also for the believer? Let's look at it. First of all, what I think the Holy Spirit does for the unbeliever is he convinces of sin. He convinces of sin. The Holy Spirit, he is the one that shows the man his sinful state – and his unrighteousness before God. Because the Bible says our hearts are desperately wicked above all things who can know it. Right. That literally means that our heart will lie to us. The world. What does the world try to tell you? What does the culture try to, try to teach you? Well, just follow your heart. Just follow your feelings. Just do what you want. I don't want to follow my heart. I don't want to follow my feelings. Why? Because my heart will lie to me. And that heart that will lie to me will also deceive me that I am doing something wrong righteously i am living my life rather righteously instead of seeing myself for the unrighteous person that i am that wicked and perverse heart will literally blind my eyes to my sinful state and my sinful condition and that's part of the holy spirit's work it convinces a man of his sin it shows him hey You have sin in your life. You have a sinful nature. And this sin, according to God's word and according to God's character, this sin uh, cannot be accepted in the eyes of God. What does John 16 tell us? It says, and when he has come, he, who is he? The Holy Spirit. When the Holy Spirit has come, he will reprove the world of sin and of righteousness and of judgment, of sin, because they believe not on me. The Holy Spirit, he literally, he convinces someone that they need Christ. Brings me to my next point. He points out Christ's righteousness who has met God's requirement. So first of all, he convinces us that we need sin. This is talking about for the unbeliever. Before you get saved, he convinces you that you are a sinner. But then he points out Christ's righteousness. He illuminates Christ's righteousness and he, he tells you and teaches you that Christ's righteousness is what God requires. When Christ died and resurrected, he satisfied the wrath of a holy God, right? When he, when he hung there on the tree, he made a way for all men to come to God, All for all men to to be saved, and don't believe the lie that some people tell you that God selected some to be saved and God selected some to go to hell. Okay, uh, some people say that well, God is so sovereign that He moves all the pieces on both sides of the chessboard. Well, I think God is so sovereign that He gives man a free will, and He still, no matter what man chooses for you, God can work it out for His good and or for your good and for His glory. I think He's so sovereign that He gives man a free will. And he's still able to work everything out for his honor and for his glory. So don't believe the lie that some people tell you that God chooses some for heaven and chooses some for hell, uh, because that's that is just a lie. Okay, salvation is to all, and Jesus provided that way of salvation for us. And the Holy Spirit, He's the one who points that out to us. He tells us, "Hey, Christ's righteousness is what's required in order." to satisfy the wrath of god that brings me to the next one the holy spirit so he convinces of sin he points out christ's righteousness but he also shows a person that sin will be judged right he shows okay why does god require christ's righteousness is because sin uh, it requires a judgment for the wages of sin is death but the gift of god is eternal life through jesus christ our lord the bible says and what is that judgment it is hell right we don't like to talk about that, uh, and to be honest with you, if you uh, are, are trying to get a massive following and trying to uh, get a lot of people to like you, then just stop preaching on hell and stop preaching on the Holy Spirit. Um, and I think a lot of preachers have done that, okay? But I, I think sometimes, and I think sometimes we need to be more tactful in how we uh, communicate these truths to believers. One of the things that I do is I literally just point them to the fact of you will either spend eternity with God or… Or without him, we know that's heaven and hell, right? Uh, But that helps usually goes over a little bit better when I'm talking to an unbeliever, especially at their own front door, and I say, "You will either spend eternity with with God or without Him. Which one?" Do you want to be or where do you want to be? And I usually point out the fact that if you go your entire life rejecting God, rejecting God, rejecting God here on earth, then what makes you think that God is going to say, okay, I know you've been you spent an entire lifetime rejecting me, but I'm going to make you spend eternity with me in heaven. Do you think God's going to do that? And I usually point that out to them. So there's one of two places. It's either heaven or it's hell. And the Holy Spirit is the one who reveals this truth to man to show him his need of a Savior. He shows him not just that he's a sinner, but that his sin will have to be judged, right? He shows him that sin must be judged for, that Jesus paid for it, but sin must be judged for, and that heaven is a real place. But no worries. Christ has paid that judgment if you'll just believe by faith in the gospel. And so he convinces sin. He points out Christ's righteousness. He shows a person that sin will be judged. He enlightens the unbeliever. And lastly, I think for the unbeliever, and by the way, that's not an exhaustive list. He does so much more. Okay, But one of the things that I put down, he enlightens the unbeliever to God's forgiveness and hope of the gospel. He literally, the Holy Spirit, shows an unbeliever that there's hope. And that's a wonderful thing, isn't there? Because sometimes you look around the world, you look at how wicked the world is, and you're like, man… We just live in a hopeless society. Like We are beyond hope. Uh, we, we ought to just give up. But the Holy Spirit is the one who enlightens the truth that God is ready to forgive and that there is hope in the gospel of Jesus Christ. And we talked about it And You Must Be Born Again. We talked about those two parents, the Word of God and the Spirit of God. And that's a lot of the Holy Spirit's work is illuminating the Word of God. He illuminates literally what God has already revealed. Basically, the Holy Spirit puts a spotlight on. You think of you're at a play, okay, and the spotlight all of a sudden, bam, turns on, okay, and there's an actor center stage and they're about to start, right? That's exactly what I think of when I think of illumination, the work of the Holy Spirit. That's exactly what He does with God's truth. He says, hey, here it is. He brings your attention to it, He sheds light on it. So those are just a couple things that the Holy Spirit does for the unbeliever. Now, what does he do for the believer? Those that have trusted Jesus Christ, those that have already been born again and have the Holy Spirit living within them, what does he do for them? Well, first of all, I'll put down at the moment of receiving Christ, the believer is regenerated through the work of the Holy Spirit. Right? He is re- regenerated, literally meaning he's regened. You are a new creature, the Bible says. Old things have passed away. Behold, all things are become new. You, you Literally, your genetic makeup, not physically speaking, of course, but spiritually speaking, your genetic makeup is completely and radically changed. And you have two new parents now. You have two new parents, the Word of God and the Holy Spirit of God that lives within you, that breathes. That's why Paul says work out your own salvation, not literally meaning work for your salvation – but the salvation that lives in you the gospel the truth of God the spirit of God that lives within you work it out literally show the world uh, with your hands with your with your mouth okay with your life show the world the holy spirit that lives inside the gospel that lives inside 1 Corinthians chapter 6 says this and such were some of you but ye are washed but ye are sanctified but ye are justified in the name of the lord jesus and by the Spirit of our God, you are justified. One person put it this way: uh, Justification is just as if I never sinned, just as if I never sinned. And I kind of I like that. Uh, Jesus, when He uh, imputed His righteousness on us, and when we trusted Him as Savior, what happened? It was as if we never sinned. He literally paid that penalty for us. It's like He went in the courtroom. And he said, here is the blood applied. I have paid the sacrifice. They are free to go. And that is the, that is the picture of the gospel. That is the, that is the work of the Holy Spirit. He regenerates the believer. Another thing I put down, he imparts a new nature created in righteousness and holiness. And we kind of touched on this a little bit, but Ephesians 4 says, And that you put on the new man, which after God is created in righteousness and true holiness. Literally, the Holy Spirit enables us to be able to live a righteous life, a holy life. How amazing is that? Something so unclean as we, something so sinful as we. Isn't that so amazing that we uh, can be used for righteousness and used for holiness? The fact that God, when God sees us, he sees the blood of Christ, that's an amazing thing. But the Holy Spirit, that's what he does. He enables the believer to be able to live a righteous life, to be able to literally to be conformed to the image of his son. When someone is born again, they are, they're given this new nature that desires heavenly things. Right now your taste buds, as my youth pastor used to say, your taste buds have changed, or your wanter, he used to say, your wanter changes. Okay, And that's so true. When you trust Christ, you want different things. You hear testimonies all the time of, a, of, of an alcoholic who trusts Christ as their Savior, and all they have is the gospel. They've just put their faith and trust in Jesus. They haven't gone on seminar yet. They haven't you know, gone on a journey through the word of God necessarily yet. But they've just gotten saved, and then all of a sudden what happens? They go to take that next sip, and something is different. Something's different within them, and some, something, someone more accurately tells them, no, hey, that's wrong. Hey, don't do that. Hey, that, that, that's against Scripture. Hey, don't do that. You're a new creature now. And isn't that amazing how the Holy Spirit works? Hey, hey, don't go there now. I know you used to go there before, but don't go there now. And that's what the Holy Spirit does. He literally enables us to live a righteous and holy life, not really by our works, but simply by the righteousness of Christ that lives inside of us. He gives us power over the lusts of our flesh. I love that. Uh, The Bible says that God has made a way of escape that we may be able to bear it or bear temptation. God has made a way, and the Holy Spirit, he is fundamental. He's right in the hub of uh, that battle with our flesh. He is helping us along, take each step to satisfy the will of God and to live a righteous and holy life. So he imparts a new nature created in righteousness and holiness. At the moment of trusting Christ as Savior, he regenerates you. But not only that, he imparts spiritual life to those that believe. So to a believer, he imparts spiritual life. You say, are we talking about salvation? Yes, but also after salvation, right? What do we quote all the time from Galatians chapter 5? The fruits of the Spirit. The fruits of the Spirit. The, The Christian life, it is a journey of bringing forth fruit for God's use. It's a journey of growth. And the Holy Spirit is instrumental in that. He is the gardener, if you will, in that. Uh, he cultivates that growth with the Word of God, with the, our relationship with God, okay? Uh, he is the one that cultivates that relationship and brings spiritual life into the picture, okay? What are the fruits of the Spirit, right? You, you, and you know them. Love, joy, peace, love, suffering, goodness, meekness, gentleness, faith, temperance, okay? All of these fruits, what are these fruits? They are life. Fruit is a picture of life. You take a tomato… Okay, you've got a juicy, ripe tomato homegrown in your hand. And let's just imagine for a moment you just squish that, to- that tomato. What's going to happen? There's going to be literally dozens of seeds gush out of that thing, right? Juices and seeds. And yeah, you can enjoy. You certainly can enjoy that tomato and a nice tomato sandwich if you live in the south, okay? Or whatever else you put it on, Okay. Uh, You can enjoy that tomato, but there's all those seeds. And what happens when you take those seeds and plant them? What happens? Now you have more tomato plants. You have more growth. And that's the Holy Spirit. He just continues to cultivate spiritual life in those that believe. But not only that, he brings the believer into the family of God, and he gives him relationship with God. We talked about that a second ago, but literally think about that for a moment. You have come into the family of God when you trust Christ. That's awesome, right? It's an amazing thing that we should never get over, okay, the fact that we are brought into God's family. We are his sons, literally his heirs, and that's what the Holy Spirit does. He brings us into the family. The Bible says in Romans 8, likewise the Spirit also helpeth our infirmities, for we know not – that we should pray for as we ought. But the Spirit itself maketh intercession for us with the groanings which cannot be uttered. So literally, he teaches us how to pray. He cultivates that relationship with God, okay? And he cultivates that relationship. Uh, We are his sons and daughters. He is our Father, and the Holy Spirit is the one. He's right there at the hub of that relationship or that communication with God. Literally translating and, and, and taking those prayers to God and telling us, and moving in our hearts about what to pray. Sometimes you'll be sitting, have you ever been sitting there before at work and, and you think and all of a sudden just something comes over you and the Holy Spirit says, Pray for that person. Pray for that person. Hey, that's part of the Holy Spirit's work. Okay? He teaches us how we should pray and what we should bring to the Father. And that's an amazing thought. We're part of his family. We can go to our Father. And the Holy Spirit makes that possible. And then the last thing that I put down and we're done. The last thing that the Holy Spirit does is he baptizes the believer into the body of Christ. Once again, these are not everything, okay? The last thing I put down, he baptizes the believer into the body of Christ. We know that we are part, once we trust Christ, of the body of Christ. He is literally the head. The pastor is not the head, but Christ is the head of the church because what what good is a body if you don't have the head? Okay, you, the body cannot survive without the head. It is literally the, the control center of the arms, the ears, the 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 eyes, uh, the nose, the feet. Every part of the body, okay, every part of the body, uh, is controlled by the head. And what does the Holy Spirit do? He baptizes the believer into that body of Christ. He literally, okay, unifies people together under one head. And with one common goal I think it's an amazing thing sometimes you'll have maybe like a missions conference and you have believers literally from all over the world or all over the country and they'll come together and it's amazing how they can have such great fellowship with each other why? it's because there's one common denominator and that's the Holy Spirit Right? The Holy Spirit, he's the one who unifies us together in this living organism we call the body of Christ. He unifies us together, okay, and he helps us to accomplish one common goal of glorifying God. He fills us with his power, the power of the resurrection, so we can boldly proclaim God's truth, and he helps us as a church move forward the kingdom of God. It's it's amazing what the Holy Spirit does. And Jesus just gives us just a short glimpse of that a little bit. When he says to Nicodemus, you must be born again. And that which is born of the Spirit is Spirit. He says in verse 8 that the Spirit is like the wind. You don't see it, all the effects of it. uh, But he's there. He's working. And he's bearing witness to your spirit, the truth of the Word of God. And I don't know about you, but I am certainly glad... Well, what the Holy Spirit does for me. He drew me to Christ, and by the way, He's the one who keeps me there. Okay, He keeps me close to Christ. And He holds me, He seals me uh, until the day of redemption, the Bible says. okay, And I'm thankful for His work, and I don't want to ever overlook the Holy Spirit's work in my life, and I hope you won't either. So, These are just a couple truths, hopefully that will help you realize what the Holy Spirit does for you that's foundational to everything that you'll do in your Christian life. Thank you for being our guest today on The Navigator Podcast. Please visit our website at tylerarobertson.com for helpful articles and other resources. Thank you so much for listening to today's episode. If you want to read more articles, listen to more podcast episodes, or find more resources, you can go to tylerarobertson.com, tylerarobertson.com, and subscribe to all of that. We would love to have you as a part of our community as we grow in our faith, family, and leadership focus.